Two months of Aussie Rules footy has officially passed Nikki G and we have a firmer idea of who are the contenders, who are the pretenders, which teams we should watch, which teams we should forget about. But also, I feel like everyone's getting a little bit tired. The yep. sun's getting up later, it's setting earlier. You know, there's a lot of footy <laughs> takes that are really forced at the moment. There's a lot of things you kind of go, oh, this is just round eight stuff. This is, you know, some some are podcasts. Shout out to the Two Guys One One Cup podcast said it was slump around last week. Yep. All the highs are gone. Gather rounds gone. Anzac Day's gone. You know, now we're just into winter football. So, how are you feeling about the football so far? And uh, are you still invested as you were in the preseason, or are you like, okay, let's fast forward to the draft? I'm a Hawthorne fan. Yeah, I mean, it's hard when your team's at the bottom of the ladder, but um, lucky I am a, I'm, I'm an, I'm an all round football fan, mm-hmm. so I take interest into other teams and what's going on around the league and the competition. So. <laughs> Like you said, the, the football itself, I think, is really good at the moment. Uh, there's some really exciting teams to watch. Uh, as hard as it is to admit, Collingwood is one of them. But, yeah, the, the media takes and the, the stories that we see during the week, it's just, I mean, it's just a cycle, really. We see it every single season. Um, a lot of it is forced, and um, I feel like we recycle the same stories over and over again. And uh, this week, it's... Yeah, yeah, again, uh, we'll get into it shortly, but uh, it's all about the booze. It's once all again. about the booze, and, but maybe this is the year we tick it all off because we had five years of should Tazzy be a team? Yeah. Tazzy's a team. Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. We had a couple of years of, you know, Grand Final should be moved around the country. Well, they've done that, and they came back to the MCG. Twilight so, a bit, yeah. yeah. The Twilight chat, that will, they'll, come, they'll come in more around 10, 11, 12, and the buy rounds and things like that. <laughs> um, yeah, so, you know, obviously we've got the uh, the draft and trade period thing to talk about in the mid-season as well. Should we have mid-season true. trades? There's lots of, you know, pre-scripted media yep. talking points to look forward to. Yep. The big one, though, and I think this changes year on year, before we get to booing, more important than booing is, is it ever okay as a fan mm-hmm. to leave a game early? Other than if there's a medical emergency <laughs> or, you know, you're, for some reason your partner is giving birth and you've decided to yeah. go to the football for the first half and just squeeze a little bit of footy in before they're well, having, having right. a child. All those illegitimate excuses aside, if yeah. you're just a Carlton fan on the weekend, mm. you've gone down all the way to Marvel from North from North Fitzroy or from Carlton, yeah. the long trip down the 86 or the 96, yeah. And you're like, oh, this is rubbish. Can yeah. we go home? It, it's not a... Oh, I hate it. It's not a good look at all. Again, unless you have a legitimately good reason to leave the footy, like you've got to go to work or whatever. Um, yeah, you, you shouldn't be leaving your team because... I mean... You, the players, they have to stay out there to the final siren. And if you are a diehard fan, you stay there with them until the end. And there's nothing worse as a footy fan as well. When your team's getting absolutely belted at home and there's 10 minutes left and the crowd has just disappeared mm. com- completely. Like it's just, for me, it's disheartening to see. So I always stay until the end. I'm one of those supporters. I don't give up. But as soon as that siren goes, I'm gone. I'm gone. <laughs> you just got to give as much as you expect the players. That's it. They have to play the full game. You have to stay for the full game. So exactly. This is where Carlton fans annoy people because they expect finals, but they don't. They don't do the hard work. As a yeah. fan, you're going to get beaten. You're going to get convincingly beaten by the Lions. Yeah. That's that's not the worst thing in the world. They're a very good team. They're a top four side. So you yeah. should expect if you want your players to perform, you need to perform yourself. So yeah. 
take one note there. Rest of your fans, you know, if Eagles fans can stay and stick there for the whole game, you know, you, you can too. So <laughs> take that one on notice, uh, Blues fans, and, and let us let us know your thoughts and if you're staying and uh, why you left a game if you ever did. Yeah. So Media Watch, you mentioned there, the big topic of the week is booing. We've discussed this a couple of times, and mm. I think uh, we had different different takes of different years. And shout out to an old friend of ours, Jimmy Zabo, who uh, I think he was pro-booing. I have to go back and read, read the takes, but I think he said it was, it's okay. We're getting a bit too politically correct. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go, you know, honesty first. Do you boo? Are you a booer? Do you boo opposition players or do you boo your own team? And is any form of booing okay? Yeah, no, I don't. I don't really boo. I don't. It's a weird sound to make I, like, as even an adult. When, exactly. I, I just think like it's... Boo, boo? Yeah, like, I don't do it. Even when the team, uh, an opposition player's lining up for goal and you're trying to put him off, mm. I'm not one to really, yeah, boo. Especially because, like, a lot of the games that we'd go see our home, home clubs play at the MCG. Yeah. You're a long way away. Like, in basketball, it makes a bit more sense because if you're on the front row... Yeah, and you're, you're, you're a in. VIP and you kind of yeah. know those people want to try and put them off and take them yeah. free throw. That makes a little bit more sense. Yeah. But if you're in the fourth st- the fourth tier of the MCG yeah. and you're a mid-40s man just booing someone, yeah. it's a bit yeah. silly. It is. I, I tend to leave that to the cheer squad. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I don't really get stuck into that sort of stuff. And actually, just, just on the, the previous point about is it ever okay to leave the ground earlier, I think that is also just as bad as booing your own team because you did bring it up mm. a moment ago. I'd, I'd put it almost on par of that, just on that old point. But, yeah, I, again, I don't boo. Um, I don't really see the point in it. And, look, it, it was unfortunate to see uh, what happened on the weekend. So it, it, it was a weird one because, um, obviously, Buddy Franklin's a champion of the game and he, there was really no reason for him to be booed as well. It's not like, I know there was, it was a heated game early and um, the crowd was getting stuck into Papley. There was a few spot fires around the ground and emotions were, were very high, but the the targeting to Franklin of all people, who wasn't really involved in many of those scuffles early mm. on, was a bit, it was a bit random. Yeah, usually, you know, you have the pantomime boo if someone snipes someone and, like, they're on a report or whatever and then they get a bit of a boo. But fair even then, yeah, it's fair, it fair enough, but it's still a bit weird. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, the, the boo for, from the outset, all the revenge boo, so, like, the Rory Lobb stuff where, like, you know, it's yeah. Rory Lobb. As a fan, are you really that upset that Rory Lobb left your club to go get a bit more game time somewhere else? Like, yeah, Lobb's a weird one. I, I understand yeah. if, like, okay, maybe a Jason Horn Francis. He... he if he cops a few boos, fair enough. Yeah, but that's only because of Kane Corns anyway. So, you know, yeah. and obviously Cornsy loves a boo. That's it. He, he loved to get it. the boos himself and say, so, yeah, there you go. There's a bit of history behind yeah. that one. Um, yeah, they, look, again, it, it, there's, there's a case for it sometimes, but yeah, if it's just a random a random player, um, then yeah, there's, no, there's really no need for it, but you can't stop people at the end of the day either. Yeah, and unfortunately, I think like when you try and say like oh, you can't boo, well then idiots will be like, "Well, I'm going to boo now." Yeah, hey, you exactly. told me I can't boo. I'm a indep- I've bought my tickets. It's a freedom can, of speech. Yeah, freedom thing. of speech yeah. thing. Yeah. yeah. In yeah. fact, anyone who hasn't actually looked, um, 
if you can't subscribe to Ted Lasso, well, then that's unfortunate. Borrow, <laughs> I borrow a login. But there was a, uh, there was a press conference, I think, from the latest episode where yeah. uh, the coach came out and explained that just because you bought your tickets, like bought your, your tickets and paid the money to come see footballers, this is soccer. It was a very timely episode. It was a very timely episode. And he said, you don't, you don't get the right to treat everyone like crap just because you bought a ticket to a sporting game. So take a look at that. We'll drop it in the show notes and subscribe to Ted Lasso because after a long week yeah. of silly hot takes, that was a breath of fresh air. So, uh, yeah. What an episode. We should be uh, should it was sponsor a good us. One. You, know, you know, it's the final season, but you can go back and binge watch it and we'll take the clip from the Apple Plus. Thank you very much. Yeah. That's the fans. So fans to players, not a huge fan. What about players to players? And so obviously, as you said, the Carlton City game was very heated. Mm-hmm. What's always, always heated is footy classified and obviously Eddie Maguire, the relevancy oh, machine that he is. Gosh. Uh, only when Collingwood. Only when Collingwood cops it, yeah, obviously. It. And, his, and his pride and joy, uh, Mr. Dacos, Nicky Dacos, he got, yeah. he got his hair ruffled a yeah. couple of times. Yeah. Maybe he got a copped a few whacks the ribs and, uh, you know, Sydney focused on him too much and Collingwood won the game. You would think he would be happy. No, he's not. He's like, now we need mm. a taunting rule. Yeah. And so players getting the hair ruffle if you miss <laughs> a shot at goal or, you know, you're like laughing at someone. Or if you keep the goal and you turn around, you give the triple cobra or whatever it is. He says we need none of that. The players can't taunt. We need to be like the US sports. He wants techs. He wants taunting fouls that they have in the NFL. What are your thoughts? Can... Do we have to Americanize this or can we handle a bit of talking between players? I think we can handle it. I think uh, this is a classic case of Ed getting a bit frustrated over the weekend of one of his favorite players getting targeted, like you said, and um, he, he obviously didn't like it and he comes up with this wild new idea. Um, surprise, surprise, getting it from America, which um, we obviously always see now. So, no, we, we don't need this in the game at all. Um, I think the umpires have enough to deal with. Um, there's enough rules. Um, uh, there's still what, plenty of rules out there that still need to be fixed and interpretations. So, um, yeah, we, we don't need to further complicate this at all. And look, it, again, it came down to all the fines that a few of their players were getting for defending Nick, Nick Dacos. And I understand that, but maybe just don't give the fines out for, you know, a bit of argy-bargy that you see on the field. Maybe mm. just, you know common sense why why do you need a cop of two thousand dollar fine for you know just a few well there was not no one was punched or anything it was just a few shoulder pulls mm-hmm. uh shirt tugs yeah nothing we don't need there's, there's no need for fines i don't think for that so just simplify it if anything don't make it more complicated mm. what's your views on what you see on tv gets replicated in community football like so, the, that's always the issue. They're kind of like, oh, the under 11s will start jumper punching if we don't just like rub out this yeah. stuff away from the game. Do you think that's true? Because I don't see too much. Um, I can't say I I don't watch community sport as much as what I used to. But as a, as a proud Yarra back in the day, back in the whacking, day, waking up at nine twenty in the morning and. <laughs> Well, you're going around giving out jump punches and getting up and when jump they miss punches it. are different. You don't want any of those. But um, when you're ruffling some hairdos, or I think that's going to happen regardless, especially <laughs> in thirds in the Southern Football League. I think you'll be getting a lot more, a lot worse than a few jumper punches. But uh, I don't think there's too much influence. Maybe with the kids, maybe they see their stars doing it, and but um, that just has to come down to their coaches um, mm. at junior level and maybe yeah maybe the senior people um of these junior clubs just you know making sure that the kids stay in line 
Yeah. And it's funny because, like, you know, obviously AFL is pretty prominent in yeah. in Victoria. A lot, of, a lot of kids watch AFL, but also a lot of kids watch the NBA. Yeah. And they aren't doing drum on greens and kicking people in the nuts because they saw them yeah, do it. Exactly. A lot of people play community basketball on a Wednesday night. Yeah, so it's like point. there's good no big point. issue where you need to rub yeah. it out because the kids are going to replicate it. I think exactly. they can understand the difference between some fun and fun and games on a Wednesday night and yeah. playing in the biggest arena on the in the, in the you know the pressures and the things that get involved there. And exactly the showmanship right. as well because we want that. We want yeah. it to be exciting and have characters and villains and heroes and whatever. So. Absolutely. I like the uh, fact uh, that uh, Papley's yeah, is willing to get there and be like, you know what? I'm the villain. I'm the people everyone hates. Bring it on me. Yeah, exactly. They're not robots. Yeah. We, we like a bit of personality, so let's just keep it in the game. Another thing we mentioned a couple of times uh, throughout the years is uh, too much honesty. And it's sad that actually Jimmy here, two shouts for Jimmy. I hope he's listening. Because uh, Carlton, his favourite club, actually. His real favourite club, Carlton. Closet, closet supporter. Closet yep. supporter. Uh, they're in a bit of a shambles. And Adam Chera and the CEO came out and said it wouldn't be that bad to miss finals. Mm. Now, as a, as, a, as a club member, if you yeah. were listening to that press conference, as you would as a good club member, are you like, oh, yeah, fair point, that's the truth? Or are you like, oh, we've already given up the season? We've already given up the season, even the CEO's oh. office. Oh, I wouldn't want to hear that. Not not after round eight. I would not want and to hear. And they're not West Coast. They're not Richmond. Because I mean, even Richmond's still the same, I'm going to play finals. Exactly. And, and not only is, I mean, Carlton, on paper, they should be competing for a premiership, but on their pay books as well, mm. uh, they're paying, they're, they've got six, seven players on multi-year, multi-million dollar deals they have to be at the top end of the table. Finals is a minimum. They have to be winning finals. They even they should be top four, really. And after round eight, to hear Adam Chera and their CEO say, uh, wouldn't be a bad thing to miss finals, I would be filthy, especially after, like we touched on earlier, the fans walking out of the ground before the, the final siren even sounded. And after a disappointing loss, I would be pretty angry about that. Yeah, not not a great day for Carlton. No. Not a great day for Carlton fans. And sometimes you gotta just you gotta say the proper lines as opposed to the truth. If that's what, but surely even in house, I don't think yeah. anyone at Carlton's like, oh, if we don't play finals this year, tick. Like we still did our jobs. Yeah. I think they're like, no, no, we've got some concerns here. So I think they were trying to relieve the pressure on themselves, but they actually, unfortunately, gave yes. some more pressure. Yeah, definitely. Speaking of pressure, our last media talking point is, I think it's weekly now. Not quite sure. Um, but mm. SEN likes to interview Daniel Hoyne from Champion Data. <laughs> and he does his rankings of players. But it's not his rankings, obviously. He's not using the eye test. He's yeah. using his, you know, bona fide stats. And it's all based on the official AFL ranking system provided by Champion Data, which they don't explain. You just get 12.5. Yeah. And then you just have to cop that. That's good. Yeah. And he's talking in his interview with SEN, a very long interview, so we might be able to put it in the show, but I'll clip up something here for you guys to listen to. But it's like basically if you're a if you're a midfielder, you're expected to get this many ranking points, and if you're a defender, you're to get this, and if you get above that, then it's a mm. good game. If you get below it, it's a bad game. And he released his top 10. So this is his top 10. It's Petrarca at 10, Sidebottom at 9, English at 8, Mason Wood at 7, mm. Jeremy Cameron, who you've come out and said every week is the best player in the competition, he's at number 6 because yep. he doesn't kick every goal as a goal. That's what <laughs> That was the quote. Because he had a few uh, inaccurate games, yep. he can't be number 1 on the system. Charlie Cameron is a better forward than Jeremy Cameron, apparently. Nick Dacos, 4. Mitch Owens, who I think if we did a straw poll of this office, mm. people wouldn't know who he is and who he plays for. I agree, yeah. 
Uh, he's apparently the third best player in the competition. Charlie Kernan at number two and Marcus Bonpelli number one. So Bon at number one makes sense. He's the Brownlow medalist. But does anyone care about champion data rankings? Um, no. I, I think we've gotten to a point now where where everyone kind of knows about champion data and that they're, I don't know, their system is maybe a little bit flawed or unexplained maybe and not a lot of people understand it. And, yeah, they. I mean, after every season they come out with their, their – yeah, they're Top. elite and they're non-elites. Yeah, and you got some it. guy who played three games last year as a ruck forward and suddenly he's yeah. an elite winger or whatever it is. Players are missed out from it as well. Yeah. It, it just never makes sense. So I think, you know, the true football fans uh, wouldn't really care about uh, this top 10 or champion data rankings in general. But, yeah, again, once again, it's proving itself that, um, that it's just a, it's a little bit odd. It's a, and I, th- I think it's because these players get judged based on their position and um, yeah, there's, there's just too many factors that just make it seem like it doesn't make, doesn't make too much sense. And, and that's yeah. the other part too because like in the US there's heaps of, heaps of sports that have complicated stats like baseball. Yeah. But when they do, you know, war plus or EBAs or whatever they want to do, it's like at the end of the day when they say that this player is the best player in the competition, it kind of makes sense. Mm-hmm. But if, you're, if your metrics are saying that Mitch Owens is the third best player in the competition, then your metrics are wrong. Hmm. It's not that stats doesn't work. It's not that analytics aren't good. We use a lot of that in our tipping and our analysis, and we, we love the actual raw stats. But whatever you're doing to them to get these answers is incorrect because that's just blatantly untrue. So. Yeah. Yeah, I actually remember as well when they released, um, it was a couple of months ago for AFL 23, the new video game, they released the player ratings and it was based on champion data again. And um, they made some tweaks to these ratings a couple of weeks after. Um, But the original release of these um, player ratings were purely from champion data and like it, it had uh, I think the highest rate of play again was maybe Bontempelli at 93 94 rated and then you had like Petrarca who was the cover star of the game and everything he was at, at about like an 83 or an 84 mm. which again it doesn't make sense but it also it'd be good though if it, it's the same as like ultimate ultimate team Imagine how bad it would be if you're like you've you've paid your money that you shouldn't pay, but you do it because you want to like boost your team and you get your platinum card yeah. out and out pops Mitch Owens. Oh, you've just spent thirty bucks and the best player you can get is Mitch Owens. Well, that's it <laughs> exactly. So oh, I'm glad they they did fix up the the ratings a little bit. They just made the champion data as a base, but um, yeah, I, I don't think they're entirely ac- accurate. Mm. I didn't have this on the run sheet, so an actual question without notice. Have you bought the game? No, not yet, and I'm glad I haven't. They've had a few issues to start off with. Yeah. Um, a lot of bugs upon release. So um, I'll wait for a few patches, a few more patches to come out, um, and they fix up the game a little bit, but I will get it eventually. Yeah. Will you? I think so. Maybe we should do some streaming. Oh. A couple of a couple of Tuesday. Wouldn't you know, be bad. We could we could get Daniel Horn in here to uh, talk about how these city work ratings work, or we could just do a season. Yep, yep. We probably could. We got the TV we'll just, out there. Yep, we just well. do a season. We'll just play a season. That can be our midweek content. <laughs> Great production meeting. 
And uh, speaking of good content, it's on for our fanzide previews for round nine. Each week we get bust out the must-watch games, the average but important, and the tipping and forgets. And as we said, last week was slump round. This round could be snooze fest. Mother's mm. Day on Sunday. Unfortunately, all the good games are on Sunday. So yeah. you can't really skip it. Um, but there's been an interesting tweak in the fixturing here as well, which we'll get to because yes. I think they're trying to start hiding some games now as well. Yes. They're hiding some bad games, which I don't mind. I reckon we could do that all year. Yeah. If there's a particularly bad game, just tuck it in there at 8 10 on a Friday. No yeah. one's watching it. No one's thinking about 8, 10, it. 8 10, I think it's 8 40. 8 40. Well, it is Perth time, you know. It so is. Yeah. You'll let those West Coast Eagles fans get yeah. out from work early. They'll be, they'll be chanting at the bit <laughs> to get there in time to watch their team uh, play the Suns. But a must yeah. watch game that you should clear your schedule for Saturday night Brisbane versus the Bombers. Now, will it be close? I'm not 100% sure. It's obviously at the Gabba. Mm. Brisbane, arguably the most informed team in the competition. They downed the Blues. They sent home their fans at half time. Essendon's coming off, I think, the back of three losses. Yeah. Is this going to be an absolute pummeling, or are the Bombers actually pretty good because they've played some tough teams? They had Geelong. They had Collingwood. Yeah, yeah. Well, they had we- Port Adelaide last week. I don't know if Port gets lumped into that elite category yet, but are yes. they actually better than what their results suggest? Not really. Not really. I'm still... Again, we weren't bought on them a few weeks ago when they were winning games. And again, um, since round five, yes, they've had a few losses in that space. And they were good for the first half last week against Port Adelaide, but they just couldn't hold on. And really, uh, in reality, the the power were just um, smashing them. They were were owning most of the footy and everything and... just Essendon were holding on for dear life pretty much and um, it's in the stats now as well like since round five uh, the Bombers have lost the inside 50 count by 13 per game so that's the second worst um, stat in the league um, for inside 50s per game and they're starting to struggle to score again they they might start off the game in good form we saw it on Anzac Day as well Um, had a good first half against the Pies but it it, it all stopped after that I'm not sure if they're just running out of gas but yeah they are struggling to hit the scoreboard and when you're playing Brisbane at the Gabba we know how good they are they're almost unbeatable there really um we know how good they are out coming out of midfield. We know how good their forward line is. Um, the Bombers struggle to handle a very good forward line. So it'll be interesting to see what happens when they're going up against Gunston, Hipwood and Danaher without uh, Ridley, of course. So, um, yeah, I, I see this as a Brisbane win. Um, pretty comfortable one as well. So, uh, yeah, and, and how good were the lines as well against Carlton? Last week, they proved they're proving their point. Now they're proving their credentials. They have done this the last few years, where they look amazing all season. And of course, yeah. come finals, they go missing. But let's not fast forward that. We've got a lot of footy to play yet in this yeah. year. So let's enjoy the Lions being dominant. Mm. Um, and speaking of domination, uh, shout outs again to the Shin Donor, whose content I love reading week in and week out. And hopefully, we can get him onto the app uh, sooner rather than later. But Josh Dunkley is he the best two way player in the competition? He could be. He was brilliant last week, Gordo. 33 disposals, 11 marks, 14 contested possessions, and 13 tackles. Both sides of the ball. Very rare for Quadruple a high double. disposal. Quadruple double. That was a Crazy. huge game. Um, yeah, he, he's made a massive impact. And again, yeah, the Lions didn't get off to the best starts the season, but I just feel like week on week, they are getting better. Mm-hmm. Um, Dunkley has fitted in seamlessly now, and they're starting to get used to each other. 
and uh, yeah, I, I think they're they'll they'll be a top four team come the end of the year. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, and uh, the other thing is, I don't think Essendon's playing finals anytime soon either, because since round five, so yes, they've played three very good teams, two contenders, uh, and mm. then obviously Port Adelaide as well. Uh, they've lost the inside fifty count by thirteen since round fifteen, since round five, sorry, and that's seventeenth competition. Yeah. And they have the lowest pressure factor in the competition as well. So they don't get the ball, they don't transition the ball, they don't pressure the ball carrier. They're not doing very much right. And so it spells yeah. um, a very bad night for them on Saturday night. To flip side now, we've got a must-win game. Probably our only one one or two must-win games this week, and this one's between Carlton and the Western Bulldogs. Yes. We're going back to Marvel. So yeah. Blues fans are already triggered. They're like, <laughs> we left here at halftime. Can we make it to three-quarter time at least? And then they've been labelled boring, which I think yeah. Blues fans are quite enjoyed. Because mm. I think Blues, like always, you know, through our childhood, that's yeah. the 90s, that's the 2000s, 2010s, they've always been wanting to get the flashiest players. It's, yeah. Whether it's Fev, whether it's Judd, you know. Yeah. Where the, you know, All they want Brownlows, they want Coleman's. Number one draft picks. Yeah. Talent galore. Yeah. And now they play this boring style of football. Really slow ball movement. We said this before, they're kind of like the West Coast of 2018 where they want to be very methodical. Mm. But it's taking away their explosiveness from the midfield. It's taking away their ability. Like they got one of the best forward lines in the competition on paper mm. and they refuse to get in there quickly and just back some and tall blokes well. in to, yeah. to, to take marks. So yeah. I don't know why. We obviously don't can't read Michael Voss's brain, so that would be a lot more helpful if we could, but obviously yeah. they're going to keep on with it. Can they turn around against the Doggies or are they playing into the Doggies' style where they are going to try and move the ball a bit more efficiently, a bit more quickly, a bit yeah. more dare? Uh, look, I think they have the potential to play a lot better, obviously, because on paper they are a very good team. Um, I was staggered a bit of how bad they were last Friday night. They just... Um, again, like you said, uh, they were just so cagey with the footy. They they didn't really play with much flair. They didn't give their forwards much opportunity to to win the ball. And I think there is a bit of a chemistry issue up forward as well. Um, I, I don't know between Kerno Mackay and their smalls. Um, Silvani, I thought, was just completely ineffective. Um, and and yeah, like. The, in terms of the stats, when you look at the stats, you, you see they're, they're winning contested possession. They're winning disposals. They're smashing the other teams. But again, they're just not getting that ball in. Or maybe they're being a bit too passive, a bit too predictable. Um, and it, it must be frustrating to watch as a Carlton supporter because um, you do expect so much better from that midfield group, the forwards. Um, even the defense is is very, very strong. And you've got players like Adam Saad running off halfback. You, you think that getting the ball inside 50 and giving those um, forwards the best opportunity to lead and mark would be fairly easy for them but you have to put this down to a coaching issue so yes if, if Michael Voss can find a way to you know bring that spark back that they had in the first half of last season um, I, they've obviously got the potential to play like that mm. I, I just don't know why they're not able to um, again maybe it's a coaching issue maybe it's not it's really hard to say but um, maybe it's a confidence thing yeah, sometimes I think I think it is overcoaching to an a- a element. So this yeah. was uh, the quote after the St Kilda game. It says, uh, we believe that the game star that we've practised over across summer, which includes strong contested ball numbers and calculated ball movement to key forwards, stacks up across the competition. Mm. Although they've gone on to lose to, you know, the Pies, St Kilda, Port Adelaide. So obviously it doesn't stack up. I think 
a little bit, you know, obviously it's the number one thing that people say to do is like copy the top team in the competition, but a little yeah. bit more Collingwood in, in their ball movement and just like it's okay to make a mistake. It doesn't yeah. have to be perfect. And if you look at the shot map mm. from the Brisbane game, literally all their goals were like from 25 metres out directly in front. Like mm. They took the mark in the right spot, but it's almost like they're being coached to if the if that kick isn't there, then don't kick it out wide. Don't try and take a shot outside 50. Don't take one from the pocket. Don't take it where it comes. You have to wait for the perfect opportunity. And then when mm. they do that, it stagnates because, as you said, like they had 50 more uh, disposals in, in Brisbane but lost, and it's like the second time it's happened in two years. Mm. Um, and they can see 85 points from turnovers because they're trying to find the, the perfect kick, and when it doesn't come off, you've given them so much time that they can be scored against really easily. So it does uh, suggest some bad things might happen on Saturday night. However, the Bulldogs are the lowest-scoring team in final quarters this season. They yep. average 16 points. So three goals is their top score uh, in the final quarter this year. So Blues fans, don't leave early. Mm. Even if you're down and out, yep. the doggies might fall asleep late. Well, so, they almost did last week against the Giants. So you've got to stay there the yep. whole time. Yep. That being said, I'm tipping the dogs. Yeah. I just think Carlton have to respond. Um, the dogs are looking good. Bonson Pally's looking good. He's really, um, yeah, he would have to be the Brownlow favorite right now. Um, it has to be said. He's just in a rich vein of form. It's, it's hard to look past the dogs, but I just think Carlton have to, they have to respond. There we go. Our first so. disagreement of the podcast. Good to see. This one we might just screw on as well. Adelaide and St Kilda. We're about to. This is like pretenders versus contenders, in my in my opinion. So okay. Who's the contenders? Well, St Kilda are the contenders. Adelaide are pretenders because <laughs> you keep telling me that attack is the best thing in the competition. Attack's the most important thing. If that's the case, why have Adelaide lost back to back times? I don't think Adelaide are the finished product yet. Let's make that product. very clear. Yeah. But yes, I, 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 that St Kilda North game wasn't a spectacle. No, either. But um, but St Kilda were dominant. And they were methodical and they were clinical. And they stuck to their strengths. Yeah, against North Melbourne, yeah. but yeah, fair but, as like, but teams have played North Melbourne and let them score some yeah. points. Yeah. Like, North didn't kick a goal until, like, the third quarter. Part yeah. of that was North being napped, but part of that was also St Kilda being very, very good defensively. Mm, mm. As a whole team, as a whole unit. Yeah. And I think, I think that style of play will actually challenge Adelaide in a different way because St Kilda will let them have the ball. Yeah. Adelaide's strength is their slingshot footy from defence to attack and again giving those forwards a perfect opportunity but if it's going to be so flooded in their in their attacking 50 it's going to be really interesting to see how they navigate that and um, how they work around it again I see St Kilda nullify, nullifying Adelaide in a way but how is St Kilda going to score because they Adelaide are score. also Adelaide are also very good at defending. Um, yeah, that's true. Defensive fifty change. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, it'll be a really interesting game. But interesting, but not very exciting, or potentially exciting as well. I don't think it'll be high scoring. I think St Kilda again. They've got a lot of experience on their list, and we know what Ross Lyon loves to do. I don't see a lot of goals being kicked here, but um, interesting just to see how both teams. Are, find their way through and again it's at, it's in Adelaide I think Adelaide will get the win um, hey, you're, you're just your such, head. such a hater just such a hater there's nothing I'm here to suggest that's bored uh, with just, the yeah, but just because they're boring doesn't mean they're bad I'm not saying they're bad but how is but Adelaide, on you know, four Adelaide's lines a tough game. it's a tough game but it's doable and, and it Ross, is the doable. boss will get it done and, and the boss will be 
driving very slowly across to uh, uh, to the Adelaide Oval. We'll be parked in that uh, corridor. They're the best corridor defensive team, which I love. That's a great stat that just suggests everything about this Ross Lyon team where yeah. even if you get in the right place to, you know, if you want to get in the corridor, you want to be in that 25-metre zone. Teams that do that, they score. The, they still only score 48% accuracy. So less than one in two shots from the hot spot go in. So that's crazy. That's the defensively we, juggernauts. We should not be condoning this sort of play style, but anyway, ah, but I just yeah, we, we've seen it before with Ross Lyon, and oh, yeah. uh, this is this is deja vu. You know, St Kilda, they've used the least amount of plays this year. Yep. I know they've got a lot of injuries, mm-hmm. which is fair enough. Um, so I can probably let this one slide. But if this continues for the remainder of the season and next season, the year onwards, this team is not going to have a lot of depth. Let's say Ross gets sacked in three years' time. Yeah, yeah. All right, and a few players retire. This is going to... The same thing is going to happen to St. Kilda that happened 10 years ago. But I think the Saints are ready to roll the dice again. All right. They were one kick away from a premiership. If they if they win that premiership on a Ross line the first time, he's one of the greatest yeah, coaches they had Nick Rewald. They had Brendan Correct. Goddard, So imagine Lenny if they Hayes. get anywhere near it with no one. I don't think they will get near it, but... That's well, my opinion. They're much nearer, no much nearer to it now <laughs> than they have been for the last decade. This makes Sunday afternoon a lot more interesting. It does, it does, <laughs> and we will and we will defend St Kilda to their deaths. I think that will be our major uh, contending point. I'm tipping St Kilda, and obviously you're tipping Adelaide. Yes, and this one, I don't know. On paper, this year, no, not a must watch, not a bogey team. Giants are okay. They got some good players, but they're not much chop this year. And Collingwood are dominant, but. If you go back, the Giants have won four of the last five. Against yes, Collingwood. Against Collingwood. Yes, they yeah. have got touched up last year at the MCG, but the year before that at the MCG, they won. So is there a sniff of an upset here or is just Collingwood now in the winning? They just can't lose. Is it They've got the disease where they just can't lose. Because even last week, should have lost, didn't. Just the week before, should have lost, didn't. They just get anywhere near yeah. close with the fourth quarter and they'll win. But when they're, when they're playing at home against an interstate side like they did against Sydney last week yeah. or Port Adelaide earlier in the season, they, they just control the game. Um, and GWS, they're just – they're a bit of a flat-track bully. Oh, yeah, hugely. Massively. The, yeah. Probably the biggest in the competition. Yeah. 0-15 against top eight sides since the start of last season. 0-15. They do not beat top eight teams. Yeah. So there's just no hope for them to go to the MCG and beat Collingwood, the most informed team in the competition. That's the most Kane Corns clip I think we can find from this podcast. Because we go and clip that up and then using the power of a green streaming, just play the highlights <laughs> of them winning by 36 points in the weekend. If they if, do. If they do, hats off to them. But this is a month's buy game. Or buy a GWS scarf if they do. There we go. After I uh, superimpose that in as well. Not much <laughs> to talk about there then. I think we're both in the Collingwood camp. Yeah. Uh, do you have a question about Collingwood though? Is Mason Cox the most underrated player in the competition? Because people wanted to say this ages ago. When he first came in, it was like, no, 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 no. You can't say that. He's, he's an American. He's not even that good at footy. Yeah. He's won 54% of his ruck contests, the second highest percentage of any ruckman in the AFL, and he made it his turn, return last week. He's had his episode in 60 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, which was very interesting. Everyone should check it out. It was a very weird interview. No, he's a very interesting <laughs> bloke. He has a good podcast too. We'll have to collaborate with him as well. Um, but is he actually now good at football? Like, even if he was an American? I don't think he's a liability like he may have been called a few years ago. Mm. I don't think he's. I don't think he's underrated. I don't know. I, 
I think Collingwood still win without him. I don't think he's, you know, a barometer or anything like that. Yeah. Uh, winning ruck contest, yeah. He, he's tall. He, he's probably got a good vertical. Yeah, um, vertical, yeah. Yeah. Um, again, American jeans. Yeah. Should have been a basketballer, basketball background. Yeah. How many are there to advantage, though? That, that's what you want to know. Mm. Like, I'm not too sure. I'm not too sure. Um, he, he's a handy player for sure for yeah. the Pies. He takes clunks. He kicks goals. Um, he's handy to have around the ground. I don't know if he deserves the tag underrated. Fair enough. Do you reckon he plays in every team? Like, would he get a gig in every team in the AFL? Mm, not every. Nah. Not every. I think he he's getting in Collingwood's team because, A, they don't have... Well, Cameron's out, yeah. Well, Cameron's out, but like, they, they like playing got. with yeah. two Ruckman anyway. But, yeah, that... I think teams have better ruck positions than what Collingwood do and also key forward. Their key forward stock's pretty low. So, yeah, you'll probably get in a few teams, um, but not not every. I would love to see a final, ideally maybe a grand final, Melbourne versus Collingwood. Collingwood wins. The Mason Cox make a game on yeah. the prelim and he just towers up Brody Grundy. It would be interesting. As a storyline, I don't think it's much better than that. Max Gorn as well. Yeah, I, but obviously the player yeah, that left Collingwood yeah. for a premiership, or for whatever reason, probably wasn't even a premiership, just like, I want to have change or whatever. And then yeah. the American substitute, the underrated inverted commas player, yeah. and then just tears it up on grand final day. That would be one of, yeah, one of the good storylines yeah. in that in that scenario. It would be a good grand final. I'm kind of hoping for it. Melbourne yeah. Collingwood would be huge. There we go. More clips. We've got so many clips to clip up to this one. One for the history banks. Potentially not that game, though. We're obviously going to tip Collingwood. And probably there are plenty with a gnarly, uh, you know, 19th man out there with the uh, Pies fans, probably 80-odd thousand of them. Important but average game, Sydney versus Fremantle. So you reckon St Kilda's boring, but really, let's be honest, Fremantle, the yeah. most boring team in the competition. Yes. They were impressive last week, though. I must admit, <laughs> against my Hawks. Was <laughs> expecting a little bit more from Hawthorne, but hey. You were sniffing a win, but we'll get to the Hawthorne chat for the Hawthorne game. Yeah, but yeah. kudos to Fremantle. They should have beaten you by plenty. They did. That's the yeah. style of football they can, are capable of playing. But can they do it against a proper team like Sydney? Um, probably, probably not. Not at the SCG. I don't think their their records too good against the Swans either. But um, yeah, I, I think I think last week they they had to do something. The Dockers and they did. Their pressure factor was good for four quarters. It was elite for four quarters. I was expecting it to drop off at some point, but it just didn't. Um, can, I don't know if it'll be interesting to see if they can um, back that up, um, especially against better opposition away from home. They've done nothing this season to suggest that they will, though. So, um, again, the, the stats don't really back them up here. I think the, the case with the Swans as well is that they probably haven't been scoring as much from clearance as what they would have liked is that they as much as they did last season and that's probably been a struggle for them but against Fremantle's midfield and um, Freo's defense uh, I think Sydney will be too good here yeah it's tricky because you, you can you can make an argument much like you made an argument last week that Hawthorne was a sniff with Fremantle here yeah. it's like you know Sydney Six, ranked 16th competition for points against they're averaging uh, almost 100 points again so if Fremantle could do it again but do do, do Fremantle get 
98 points per game. Yeah, exactly. So will it, they get it this yeah, week? Yeah, exactly. No. So it's it's a it's a nice like advantage too. But obviously, yeah. you know, I think the history of the SCG is terrible. What's it? Two and fifteen games since two thousand. Yeah, and they've conceded a hundred and ten points in each of the last two matches. There, it's one of the hardest trips for a WA side to go to the East Coast. Mm. So. Oh, and it's clear. Yeah, it's a very diff- like that is a ground difference. Like the difference yeah. between Optus Stadium and SCG is actually significant. Would yeah. play a factor. Yeah, tough, tough to want to pick Fremantle here, but Sydney are concerning. And uh, you know, yes. I've just found out this week that uh, Jared Healy loves the red pen more than you do because he's mm-hmm. he's ruled out like eleven sides already. Like red penned them. Yeah, well, him, I mean, him, him a Malcolm, lot of them are probably obvious. Yeah, but red, like fully on red pen. So, yeah. like, yeah, but he's, he gave Sydney red pen this week. So, really, yeah, yeah, that's look, too early for mine. But would I mean, I'd probably give him a red pen too. You would. I reckon they're too far back now. They just haven't been playing good footy. Um, haven't been winning enough games. I can't see them bouncing back and winning a flag from here. No, but they can make but finals. They, they can still. make finals. No, this was this was red pen for finals. Oh, really? Yeah, like oh, like oh, they're the classic round eight top eight oh, set. No, no, no. no. Yeah. They, they can definitely make finals. Yeah. Sorry, I thought you were talking premierships. Oh, no, no. We all know that it's only Melbourne and Collingwood for premierships. So yes, exactly. exactly. I would add the red pen out for, yeah, 16 <laughs> Yeah, 16 the rest teams. of the season, let's just go fast forward. We'll play the grand final next week. <laughs> Speaking of things you can fast forward, it's a tip and forget tips. Unfortunately, Friday stinks. Richmond versus Geelong. Pack her up, boys. Oh, God, Tigers are done. This is a good game. The Tigers this- are done. Uh, Friday night footy. Yeah, Friday night footy at the Richmond, MCG, Geelong. Richmond and Geelong. That breeds like a oh, finals like atmosphere where the final it. is a blowout in the second week, you know, in second week semis. Yeah. Like, you know, the line here's only three goals. So obviously, Richmond fans are, are taking in hope. But, uh, oh, like, this is the part where you got to get annoyed. Like, yeah, they had a, convin- like a, a half convincing win based off one quarter of football to beat the Eagles. Yeah. Geelong's been getting it done week in, week out ever since they beat you guys no, you're on right. Easter Monday. So yes. it's like, there's no, there's, like what's yeah. going on here? The the cats, the, <clears throat> sorry, the cats are just deadly in yeah. front of goal. Go, going forward, go inside fifties, marks inside fifties. Um, they the shot at goal accuracy. They're just deadly. Um, yeah. Jeremy Cameron, Tom Hawkins have just taken turns in ripping teams apart. And uh, yeah, look, I, I can't see Richmond. Stopping that, to be honest. Um, yeah, they, again, Richmond, like you said, they, they got the job done against West Coast last week. wasn't great conditions, I understand that, but um, they they don't they don't look too flash. But you just hope, like the atmosphere for, of a Friday night game, returning for Richmond home game, that they'd put up some sort of fight. But I think, yeah, at the end of the day, Geelong are just going to prove uh, too strong. And when you say, like, obviously, MCG in a home game, I think the Tigers are losing their home ground advantage. Cats, 12 of the last 15 games of the MCG, they average 111 points. Mm. Second best in the competition, second only to Collingwood. Uh, and they've outscored people from clearances, they've dominated contested like possessions, yeah. they never concede disposals. You said like, they're good going forward. They're good across the board. Oh, they are. They're arguably the most... But they're just Even so efficient. team, yeah, That's, in the competition and, across and, the whole three facets of play. Exactly. And on the flip side, I think Richmond are one of the worst uh, efficiency teams in the competition as well. Yes. The stat that I said that could not happen in round one, that yeah. they cannot continue to be this bad going inside 50. They still yeah. are, even against West Coast. Yeah. They're still averaging 39% yeah. going inside 50. They couldn't even do better than that against the worst team in the AFL. Yeah. They're going to get smashed. 
cat spied. <laughs> there you go. The equal primetime game uh, starting at, you know, quarter to 12, according to Nikki G, is West Coast versus Gold Coast. It's still a die for the Suns because the Suns got a, 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 almost got a win against Melbourne. Mm. So they got the honourable loss ticked off. Yes. Can they do what they can't do normally and go to Perth and win a game? Absolutely, they can. They, they'll win this. They should. They should. They, they will. They Absolutely. have to. Right. West Coast are, are bad. They they are the, the they're the worst contested possession side in the competition. They're the worst pressure team in the competition. The worst defensive team in the competition. They're just the worst team in the competition. They are. They they really are. And it, it might be unfair to say with the, the the injury list that they do have, but I mean, given given that they're the worst contested possession side in the competition, and Noah Anderson alone last week had nineteen contested possessions himself. Um, the Gold Coast are just going to smash them. Yeah. Yeah. And they're going to, yeah, they've lost five of the last six at Optus Stadium. Yeah. Their only win came last year against the COVID Eagles. So you'd think, you know, they'll back it up and now they've got the, yeah. the, uh, the you know, the, the injured Eagles and they'll, they'll beat them as well. Yeah. And, uh, you know, could be, could be a sneaky good year for the Suns. Yeah. They might fly under the radar and actually. I just know, want to see the make finals. Just once. Just once. Just once. That's all we. That's all we need. Before Tassie comes in, yeah, give us something. Give us something, sons. All right. <laughs> Another game you can miss: the early game on Saturday, North versus Port. Uh, North also stink. Yeah. Um, Clarko's angry. He's Hawthorn days. He's coming back into the media. He's blowing up Deluxe. He's very angry. He and he can do it now because he's got nothing to do with Hawthorn anymore. So he's he's burning the yeah, bridges. The bridges is. are getting burnt. I don't like it. Oh, it's bad. Yeah. Um, but also now he's angry. So everyone's yeah. walking around on eggshells at North. That's yep. not fact. I'm that's I'm editorialising there. <laughs> uh, but they are going to Bloodstone Arena. Nice little trip to Launceston to cool the heels and the and the lovely uh, all the waters up there. Mm-hmm. Uh, how much does Port win this game by? Uh, ten goals. Yeah, ten goals. Probably nine or ten goals. Yeah. Over fifty points. Yeah, it doesn't matter least. if it's raining, hailing, snowing, blowing a cyclone. No, North aren't winning this game. No way. They, they, I mean, again, like the Eagles and like Fremantle, North can't kick a, kick a score. No. They cannot trouble any teams, not even Hawthorne. They're averaging 10 goals. Yeah. Not so even, it's, not, it's not enough. Not even community clubs do that. Yeah. And they're going up against Port Adelaide, who are the most dominant side from scoring from clearance as well. So, uh, yeah, this one will get ugly. Yeah. Real, real ugly stuff. So early Saturday game, go to local footy instead. It'll be far more <laughs> entertaining. And uh, the last game we'll talk about, the Twilight game on Saturday at the MCG. Yes. Obviously, Goodness you know, gracious, all Hawthorne fans will be off uh, for Mother's Day the next day. So they've obviously been reallocated to the Twilight game to keep yeah. all the Hawks fans happy. Yeah. Uh, what's going on? Because you said you sniffed a win last week. I did. You sniffed one and then you oh, smelled. Oh, they embarrassed me. Yeah. Yeah. No. You smelled something wrong. Yes. Well, I mean, it, it wasn't the same Hawthorne team that we saw from the two weeks prior. They'd almost beat the Giants and um, and Adelaide as well. But I guess that's what you you have to expect from a team that's rebuilding, I think. Um, you're going to get two or three competitive weeks of footy and then you're going to get a blowout. Um didn't think it would happen against Fremantle, but credit to them. Again, like I said before, their pressure their pressure rating was elite, literally from quarter one to quarter four. They just did not give Hawthorne any room to breathe. The bigger bodies just crushed the, the young Hawks, and the same will probably happen this week against Melbourne as well. 
uh, it's fair to say. Yeah. Actually, you know what? This one could get ugly. This one will be worse than the North Mel- Melbourne Port Adelaide game. Probably, and also because Melbourne came off, you know, a disappointing a disappointing win for them against the Suns. So now yeah. it's like we're going back home. We have to prove a point. You know, yeah. and we got to we got to make sure we got our percentage in check coming into the bye rounds and things like that. And they got a game. Uh, the freeze of the G's coming up soonish. Yep. I think it's probably a couple of weeks away now. So they're going to have some tougher games on the cards. They need to start getting things into gear. And yeah, they'll, they'll, yeah. they'll pencil this one in as a as a spanking, I reckon. So. Yeah, it's like, there's actually an interesting stat. They're, they've been involved in the second highest uh, scoring games of any side this season with an average of 185 points in its matches. So they, they know how to score. Yeah. There's no doubt about that. And Hawthorne don't know how to stop the, the, the bleeding most of the time. And on the flip side they also don't know how to score the hawk so it could literally be like 160 to 60 this yeah, week absolutely could, could be a could be a heavy one very very heavy one indeed time for desktop decisions how we ran at every podcast we go to the super coach of course yes. as we ask you every week did you win last week what was your score and what's your ranking yes i i had a good i had an okay week i thought uh i scored over 2300 which is a, which was a fairly decent score but there were some people that uh did crack the two for those with jack zebel in their team um Noah anderson in their team who went 180 plus and that obviously helped their scores a little bit more but I did drop 600 spots in the rankings despite my fairly decent score so that just shows how competitive it is at the top uh, you can't really afford any bad weeks but I'm ranked uh, 2,500 at the moment so it's not too bad um, but I need to respond this week with a big score and my desktop decision for the week Gordo uh, I think Noah Anderson I've mentioned him a few times on this podcast uh, again he scored 189 points last week off the back of his uh, what was it 17 contested possessions he was huge against um, against Melbourne and he's going up against West Coast this week so he's going to have an absolute birthday um, and his break even is nine and he's priced at 600,000 so next week if he's, even if he scores 100 this week he's going to go up a lot um, so jump on him now before his price rises and he's a, he's a handy midfielder to have because Gold Coast do have a pretty good buy where they just share the buy with Geelong. There um, you go. Yes. Very, very nice indeed. Sensible decisions there from the super coach uh, and less sensible tipping from us as per usual. That's being the weekend watch list brought to you by the Fans Eye View, which is brought to you by Sportsmate, Fully Live and the TLA. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as always, good luck to your team unless they're playing our teams, in which case we hope you lose. Go Tarts. <laughs>